Good morning. It's my pleasure to welcome you to church um, and also to those watching online. Uh, it's my privilege to bring uh, the Word of God to you this morning. Um, it's not something that I take lightly and um, there's something very, very special about this book. Can we pray? Lord God, we just thank you for your word. Uh, we thank you for this church. Lord, we thank you for the Holy Spirit working in and through us. Uh, Lord, we just pray this, this morning that we would hear your voice, uh, that we would um, know your leading, that we would know your spirit guiding us this morning. Lord, I pray that you would speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. As Cameron mentioned already, we're in the middle of a series called Jesus the Game Changer, season two, um, to the ends of the earth. Uh, this morning I'm going to talk to you about this book, the Bible, beyond information, beyond, and it brings transformation. Have you ever had to do something that made you very nervous and even fearful? Uh, for me, it was public speaking um, at Bible college, and it was an activity that we called impromptu speaking. Impromptu speaking. What that was was that we were given a topic made up by our classmates, and then we had to speak on that topic for five minutes without any preparation time. And it had to be interesting. <laughs> I got so nervous, I would feel sick. Uh, what made this activity even more nerve-wracking was that my lecturer would walk around the classroom slowly looking around for the next victim. Uh, we would be all sinking in our seats, lower and lower, and we would um, sink our eyes so that he would not look at us so that we would not be chosen next. Um, just in case he picked us next. So then he would take his time and build the drama even more, just to make us even more nervous. What also made it worse was that there were some students who were extraordinary communicators, uh, who seemed to do this activity with great ease. Um, they would be interesting, they would be funny, and they would draw great applause, even standing ovations. That's how great they were. And no one wanted to follow these guys and girls who, who would want to. Uh, what also made it worse was that many of the class would come up with the most obscure topics just to make the, the activity a whole lot more interesting and difficult and funny. I remember one student getting the topic, this is the topic, the overhead projector and the five-speed gearbox. That was the topic. I remember thinking, how on earth is he going to speak about that? But he did it with skill and humour. But there was one impromptu talk that I remember above all the others, even 30 years later. The victim was a guy that I was doing ministry in a small local church. He was a guy by the name of Stephen Cathcart. He was a, a mild-mannered kind of guy. 
And he got up to have his turn on one day and he was handed a piece of paper with a topic on it and the words written on that piece of paper were, there's a bear in there. (laughs) From the play school song, of course. We all killed ourselves laughing, glad that we weren't given that particular topic. How would you approach that topic, I ask? There's a bear in there. Um, he only had a couple of moments to, de- to, um, to deliver on a talk on this particular phrase. How was he going to pull it off? What followed was genius. 30 years later, I still remember this talk. He simply took his Bible in his hand and he softly said something like this. Some people say that there's a bear in there. That this is a scary book full of God's wrath, full of God's vengeance, full of God's judgement. You know, some people say that the Bible is irrelevant and outdated and it's ancient history. Some people say that the Bible message is condemning and that the God and his people are not accepting of people who live different lives. You know, some people say that this book is boring It's just a lot of big words that no one understands and a lot of big names that no one can pronounce. It's full of history, it's full of laws and it's even got a chapter about laws pertaining mildew, believe it or not. Some people say it's just a book of rules. It's just about stuff that we can and we can't do just to spoil our fun. Some people say that this book is full of contradictions that it's not truth, it's just fiction, some people say. And as he kept speaking, his voice got louder. He was channeling that black American, um, African American speaker and it just got louder and louder. But those of us who know the Bible know differently, don't we? Because this book has got everything in it. It's got history, it's got poetry, it's got songs, letters, prophecy. It's got creation and end time stuff. It's got angels and demons. It's got real life, history, uh, real life heroes and it's got miracles in here. There's drama in here, there's action, there's romance, there's parables, there's real life stories in here. And I want to tell you this morning that there is love and power in here. There's life, there's light, there's truth and there's promises in here. And it kept getting louder and louder and people started to respond. They started to urge him on. They're going, keep going, Steve, keep going. Preach it, Steve, preach it. And he got louder and louder and he said, there's a new and living way in here. There's wisdom for living in here. There's hope, there's transformation, there's healing, there's restoration in here. I feel it, I feel it. There's salvation in here. You know, some people say that there's a bear in there. There there actually is. And you want to read that story. But there's something a whole lot more important that I want to tell you about. And he paused just for effect. There's a lamb in here. The lamb of God who was slain 
who took away the sins of the world. And he is Jesus, our saviour. And there was clapping and cheering. But there's also a lion in here. It's the lion of Judah, who conquered sin, who conquered death, so that we could share in the glory of his eternal kingdom. And again, this is Jesus, who is our Lord and King. I didn't quite give it the justice that uh, the story was due, but by the time he finished, we were all on our feet, we were clapping and cheering, and he could cut the atmosphere with a knife. So what's my point? (laughs) It's a good story. But my point is this, this is no ordinary book. What do they say? You can't just judge a book by its cover. Well, you certainly can't with the Bible because there's a whole lot more to that book. Let me ask you, has there ever been a book in all of history that has impacted humanity like this one? Has there ever been one? If you're not sure, consider these things. What is it about the Bible that has meant Christians right throughout history and even today have risked difficulty, danger, death, just to spread the message of the book and to assure that people could read the book in their own language? Why would people do that? Let's look at this clip for a moment. I got interested into the work of Bible translation through reading uh, the Japanese version of uh, 2000 Tongues to Go, which was uh, published by Wycliffe USA. In that book, they talk about um, missionaries dying. Did that not put you off? No, no, no. the, the life of a missionaries will be very difficult, you know, going to the jungles of Amazon. Uh, life is very hard, very primitive. Uh, then, but learning the language, the unknown language, and never been, and the knowledge of that language is nowhere in the world. <laughs> uh, you are the first one to go. That in 1977, there were three openings of a new Bible translation uh, offered to us. So uh, we went to the first one on the list and then uh, decided that we'll be assigned to the Philippines. There was no road, so we had to hike over the mountains uh, 10 hours. We had two kids, four and two years old, a narrow path. Uh, lots of uh, leeches, no electricity, uh, no road, no clinic, no telephone, no no running water, uh, no gas, uh, no toilet, no shower. Uh, You go down to the river to take a shower. Uh, Any time you thought this is not a good idea? No, 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 this is is where we should be. (laughs) But it, it wasn't easy, uh, especially when our kids get sick. Um, 
uh, no way uh, just uh, hold the baby or hold the kids and pray. Why would people do something like that for a book? Let me ask you also, how is it that this, the Bible, is the best-selling book of all time, having sold around 5 billion copies to date? About five times more than number two on the list. And it tops the bestseller list every year. How is it that the version Bible app available free to everyone, is now available in more than 2,000 2000 Bible versions. Uh, More than 1,300 languages and is now downloaded on more than 450 million devices worldwide. Extraordinary. Why? And how is it that the Bible written thousands of years ago is still relevant and changing lives today. We're all evidence of that. How is it that the Bible story played out in a part of the world and a culture far different from us extends across all cultures? Even those cultures that are opposed to the things of God and it's still relevant in those cultures. You know why? Because this is no ordinary book. What is it about this book that sets it apart and above every other book written? And the reason is that it brings transformation. It changes lives. We read in Hebrews, For the word of God is living and active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart, the word of God is living and active. How do we know that it's living and active? How do we know? And I know some of you are nodding because you know that it is. I know that it's living and active because it still speaks to me. It still speaks to me. How many times have you heard a message or read something that seemed to be speaking directly to you? and to your situation. How many times have you sat in that seat and heard a message and you think, they're speaking to me? It's because the word of God is living and active. How many times have you sat in that seat and the word of God has stirred your soul? It's excited you, it's inspired you. How many times have you sat there and something has made you feel uncomfortable? It's made you squirm in your seat. Maybe it's even made you cry. How many times have you heard something or read something that has prompted you to action? I want to tell you that the word of God is living and active. I know that it's living and active because we can read and hear those same passages over and over and over in our lifetime and still get something new from the same passage. How is that? Something new from the same passage. I know that it's living and active because I see the fruit. I see the fruit all around me. A tree that is dead does not produce fruit. 
And if this Bible were just like any other book, it would not produce the kind of fruit that we see from it. This is like any other book. See, the fruit I see is a growing church. The fruit I see is, to our hope, growing. Not just locally. The church is growing globally. I see people coming to faith and growing in faith. I see the fruit expressed in love and in service expressed towards one another. That's the fruit I see. I see it together in community. I see it in the peace, the joy and the hope that we experience. I see it expressed in worship. And all these are the fruits of lives engaged with the living and active word of God. That's the fruit. It says in Timothy that all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. See, the word of God is living and active because it comes straight from our living God, the Lord Almighty, the creator of the universe. He is the giver of life. And all scripture is God breathed. It's Holy Spirit inspired. It's Holy Spirit powered. As if God were speaking and writing to us and for us. See, Jesus was called the author and perfecter of, our, of life, of faith. And that being so, if he's the author and perfecter of life, you can be sure that the words in here are useful for our whole life. It came straight from the author and the perfecter of it. See, there's wisdom in here. The Bible gives us a framework from which we can live an abundant life, from which we can make wise choices for our life. Get this in you. Get this wisdom in you. This is our instruction book for life. I don't know about you, but I struggle with instructions. I'm a male and I can't read instructions. I need someone to interpret instructions for me. Um, Fortunately, with the Bible, the Holy Spirit actually interprets. It, It makes this really clear for us. So there is light in here as well. There's light In Psalms we read that your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. This book actually gives us direction for life. It shows us the right way to go. shows us the right way to live. What sets this book above all other books? It's that there's life-changing words in here. Words that will change your life like no other book. See, Jesus was teaching one day, and it says in John, at this point many of his disciples turned away and deserted him. Then Jesus turned to the twelve and asked, are you also going to leave? Simon Peter replied, Lord, to whom would we go? You or only you have the words that give eternal life. Only you have the words that give eternal life. We believe and we know that you are the Holy One of God. See, Jesus' disciples knew that there was something very different about the words of Jesus. Something very different. See, there were probably all kinds of people in those days doing and saying 
good things. There are probably all kinds of good paths that those disciples could have lived and chosen for their life that would have actually been good for them. But there was something significantly greater about the words and the way of Jesus that they noticed. And it was this, that only Jesus spoke words that gave eternal life. And we have access to those same life-changing words, the words that give eternal life. Let's watch this clip for a moment. I remember one day I was alone uh, in, in, at home. My sister came home. She had a little booklet in her hand. The name of the booklet was, his name is Wonderful. And she gave the booklet to me. She said she had received it from a man of the church near her university. And um, she, she had read the booklet in the way back home and she had some doubts about the way that Bible introduces Jesus as the Son of God. That's why when she handed the booklet to me, she said, just read it, but don't read the last page because it's a conversion prayer for those who want to become Christians. At that time, I remember I was very exhausted from searching for the truth, and I just took the booklet from her. I said, don't worry. I went to my room. I shut the door, and I started reading that little booklet. It was just part of the book of Luke. Um, it was 20, 30 pages. Um, you know, I don't know what happened that day in my room, but I, I just remember from the first page that I was reading, I felt a strong presence in my room. Uh, it wasn't just like reading those words in that booklet. I believe that Jesus that day revealed the truth to me because every word that I was reading, I felt that it was talking to my heart. Uh, I remember I was in my room for two, three hours reading that little booklet. I was crying because I, was, I could feel the very presence of Jesus in my room and right in front of me. And when I got to the last page of the booklet, um, I remember without any doubt, I prayed a written prayer and I gave my heart to Jesus. I love that story. What a remarkable testimony. Finding salvation just by reading the book of Luke. Uh, there were no sermons, no one else involved but the word of God. The story for uh, those two ladies sitting on the couch continues and they set upon a mission uh, that they later imprisoned for to distribute Bibles. These women grabbed a map, uh, packed their backpacks with over 140 New Testaments and in the cover of darkness they put the Bible in the mailboxes um, into people's mailboxes from the north of Tehran to the south of Tehran. All in all, they delivered over 20,000 Bibles to people in Iran uh, because she read, uh, she read and was saved. I'm going to ask the band to come up and ask you what now? How do you respond to that? Uh, this book is transformational. It's life-changing, and it keeps changing our life. How do you respond? It's simple. Read it. <laughs> um, study it, meditate on it, memorise it, pray through it, listen to it, join a connect group and discuss it, share it, and live it out. You know, we live in a blessed time because we have greater access to biblical resources than ever. And there are more ways to engage with Scripture than we could possibly count. There's the book itself, obviously. It's got paper and pages. 
we're not so used to that anymore. But there's also online versions or apps like the version Bible app. Or you could even listen to scripture being read. And we can read books about it. We can do devotional plans. We can do courses about it. Maybe even talk to Danny and Christy from Worldview College about their courses. We can listen to sermons from churches all around the world these days, any day of the week, at any time. We can listen to songs. We can watch movies or TV series about the book. There's podcasts, there's YouTube clips, and the list goes on and on. There's so many ways to engage with the Word of God. But the key is to get into it. Get the Word into you as often as you can, whatever way you can. Make it a part of who you are. Develop good habits around it. Like going to church weekly for the teaching. Like joining a connect group to study the Word with others. Like spending regular time in the Word. At Dora Hope, we, we talk about spending 20, 20 minutes in the chair each day, spending time with God in the Word and in prayer. We can listen to podcasts, sermons or worship music while you're in the car or, or exercising if that's your thing. Um, put the earphones in and you can get the Word of God into you. So the transformational work of Scripture isn't finished when we become a Christian. It continues right throughout our whole life. But we need to get into it and we need to keep in it um, and allow that transformation to keep happening. I'm just going to finish with a couple of of verses from the Word of God. This is actually to close your eyes and, and soak this in. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so that you will obey, you'll be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and and succeed in all that you do. Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Let's pray. Father God, I pray that you will give us a hunger for your word that we would want to take it in every day of our life, that we would want to expose ourselves to the living and active Word of God, that we would want to be changed and become more like Jesus. Lord, thank you for your Word, thank you for your Holy Spirit, and thank you for this church in Jesus' name.